you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning. Hey, I just want to take just a minute. We we honored them with a video with a clap. Let's just take a minute for all those ones. Maybe you've had family members that have been lost in service. Let's just take a minute, a moment of silence for each one of them, if you would. Just bow your head. Lord, I pray for each and every family that may have lost someone that that person sacrificed so we could have the freedom to be right where we're at today. I pray peace on that family, strength on that family, comfort on that family, and gratitude for that person and the family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited to be able to close out the sermon series, Games People Play. So we're going to spend a few minutes together talking about a game. So this board right here, this board has eight pieces, eight spaces across. It has eight, eight rows, eight spaces deep. There's 64 pieces, eight, 64 squares on this board. When I was younger, I really enjoyed playing checkers. When I first started playing checkers, I got beat a whole lot, so I didn't really like playing. So I kind of accidentally bumped the board or something, you know. Anybody in here? That's me. I'm like, oh, whoops, sorry, the game's over. But when I got older and I knew how to play, I decided I was going to teach my kids how to play checkers. And let me tell you, I have a little competitive streak inside of me. We ain't giving no participation trophies in my house. You're going to beat me. You're going to beat me fair and square. Don't tip that board over because I know that trick, right? Anybody else in competitive? I see some of your parents looking at me going, I can't believe you're competitive. Yeah, I'm going to make them tough. You're not getting a trophy for just showing up. We're going to play. That's what we're going to do. That's what's happening around here. However, on this one board, this one board right here, there's actually two different games that can be played on this one board. On this same board, either checkers or chess can be played. My question for you today is which board will you choose to play on after you leave here? Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share you. I thank you for the opportunity to speak your word. Your word is life. I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit just goes before us and begins ministering to us. And we walk out of here different than we walked in here. We walked out of here a changed man or woman. Our lives are different. Father, I pray that your anointing Holy Spirit is welcome in this house and just takes over. In Jesus' name, and everybody said. Amen. Romans chapter, two, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We're going to start right there, and it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Did you hear that? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In the game of checkers, when we look at the game of checkers, every piece has the same movement. Every piece moves the same direction in the game of checkers until one person becomes king. And that's where everybody wants to get to in the game of checkers. Everyone wants to be king. 
Checkers, your goal is to, at all costs, to win at all costs. Whoever's standing in your way, you're going to annihilate that person. you got to jump them. you got to get them off the board because that's the only way for you to win. Checkers is a game of self-preservation. It's self-reliance. That's what checkers is. you just got to win. you just got to be the last one standing. But unfortunately, playing life this way, we lose pieces or parts of our lives, parts of our hearts. Because we work in works of the flesh. Galatians 5, verse, chapter 5, verse 19, through the Message Bible, it says this, It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. That's checkers. It says repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinkets of gold. Trinkets of gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence of love or to be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community, I can go on and on, he says. This isn't the first time I warned you. You know, if you use your freedom in this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. See, the devil's board is a checkerboard. It's all about what fulfills me. It's all about what, what's all about me. How can I get ahead? How can I make it? Look, at, look all the way back to the Garden of Eden. You can see that that was the scheme of the devil. How can you make You can be just like God if you'll eat from this fruit. Many of us are playing on checkerboards. Checkers is one move at a time. And you take what is given to you. It's what is easiest and what's the move right there. If I get better, many times in our lives we look at it and say, well, if I get better, if my behavior gets better, I'm probably a Christian. But honestly, you've got to have a transformation in your life because you could get better and act like a Christian, but most of the time you get bitter trying to act better to resemble Jesus. And we continue to work further into the works of the flesh when it comes to this attitude of playing checkers. See, Matthew 7 makes it very clear to each one of us. Matthew 7, verses 16, it says, By their fruit you will recognize them. Did you hear that? By your fruit you will recognize them. By our fruit we will be recognized as followers of Jesus. It says, Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. And a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Many times as we're playing checkers, we align ourselves with God's word and said, we don't align ourselves with God's word. We align ourselves with our own opinion. Too many times we stand for feelings and opinions rather than God's word. Unfortunately, we as Christians have to, we have adopted the worldly view instead of godly facts in our lives. We must change from playing checkers, I know a checkerboard, to a chessboard. 
Because let's talk about chess for just a minute. Chess, each piece has a specific assignment. They're not just one, one move. It, every piece has a sp- specific assignment. And do you know that you have a specific assignment? God has gifted you inside. He said in Jeremiah 29, he knew you. He has a purpose and plan for you. He knew you before you were ever formed. There's a gifting inside of you. Every chess piece is unique on that board. In chess, it says players think, think eight to ten moves ahead. They're very strategic. They have design, designated moves that they make. I read a thing that said where most chess players can win in five to eight moves. Now you know why I don't play chess. I flip the board. I know enough to get beat. But God's number one strategy, he is a strategic God, his number one strategy, because he knew that you and I could not save ourselves. That's the reason John 3.16 is so important to us. For he sent his only son, his only son, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Strategy. He was strategic about what he was doing because he knew we couldn't do it by ourselves like playing the game of checkers. It's all by ourselves. The goal of chess is to, to, do, to dwell with the king, not become the king. In checkers, everybody wants to be the king. It's king me, king me, king me. In chess, it's king Jesus. The game of chess, unlike checkers, has three main ways you can lose. There's several more, but there's three main ways you can lose that I read about. And I just want to touch on those today and see how they apply to our life. The first one is this, is checkmate. What checkmate means is when one player is threatening the other one's king, and it, had, it cannot move to any other square. It cannot be protected by any other piece. And the checking pieces cannot be captured. That's checkmate. It's all over. The next way to lose is resignation. This is when a player believes that he or she will be checkmated soon and resigns instead of playing out the game. They just quit. The third one is this, timeout. This is a painful way to lose. It simply means you just ran out of time. This is why I think God's game is chess. Because there's no checkmate on God. He don't ever run out of moves. Because he is the king of kings and lord of lords, and he is the winner. And if there's no checkmate on God, and we're his sons and his daughters, there's no checkmate on us. Because he's done one. Nothing's relying on us. It all relies on him. Romans 8 and 16 says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we're his children, he takes care of his children. God is never out of moves, but guess what? Satan is already out of moves. 2 Corinthians tells us this in chapter 2, verse 11. It says this, so that Satan will will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with the evil schemes. We've got to be familiar with the evil schemes, how the devil comes at us. Because he's trying to play a strategy, but he's already lost, and he knows he's lost. But John 10 and 10 says this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Let's not overlook how they put these scriptures, how they put these words into the scripture right here. He comes to steal. 
but the thief comes to steal. He wants you to feel, the devil wants you to feel like he has you backed into a corner. He wants you to make feel, feel like it's all over. He wants to steal your faith. He wants to steal your hope. He wants to steal your dreams. He wants to steal the purpose that God has inside of you. That's the game the devil's trying to play. When the thief starts to whisper, there's no way out. I got you this time. There's no escape. Checkmate. When the enemy starts saying, well, that doctor's report's not what you want it to be. I got you. Checkmate. When an unforeseen loved one passes away, he's saying to you, I got you this time. Checkmate. When the bills are more than the income, the devil's going, you'll never make it. Checkmate. When he looks and says, you know what? Your marriage is over. It's almost done. It's going the wrong way. I got you. Checkmate. Whenever he says whatever he says, whatever he says to your life, and he whispers, checkmate. You fill in the blank what he says to you every time because you should know. You stand firm and declare this in Romans 8 and 31. If God be for me, who can be against me? You stand up and say, I will not take a checkmate because my God has checkmated you and you have already lost. The next way to lose in chest was resignation. Don't you give up. Don't you dare throw in that towel. Don't you do it. Even the odds against you, don't you resign. I'm talking to somebody in here today. You're on the verge to give up. Don't you do it. Because God's got a plan. He's seen it. And he saw way ahead before you could ever think in the moment. Checkers, we think in the moment. Chess, he's 5 to 10, 20,000 billion. Eternity moves ahead of us. Ephesians 6 and 10 says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And that's part of the problem. We continue to fight against flesh and blood. But we, got a better, we may have to come to an understanding. We're not, flesh in, we're not fighting in this flesh world. We're fighting in a spiritual world. And it says, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when, listen to this, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, after you've done everything, stand to stand, stand firm. Then, with a belt of the truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness, you better guarantee the day's going to come. It says when the day of evil comes. It's coming. The temptation is going to come. The, temp the days are going to be there. But here's what you got to do. Don't give up. Don't resign. Refuse to do that. When the devil's whispering, just resign. Remember, I'm killing your dreams. Remember, I'm killing your hopes. Remember, I, it's all over. When he's whispering that in your ear. You take back and think about this. Moses was facing the Red Sea and the Pharaoh was right on his tail. And he made a way out. Job was a good man and he got lost everything that he had. But God restored that. You think about it, David was anointed king as a young kid and he had to run from Saul because Saul was going to kill him. Guess what? He didn't resign. 
Jesus being hung on a cross, and I guarantee you the devil was whispering in his ear, your own father turned his back on you. Jesus didn't resign. You and I must square our shoulders back and state that scripture, Ephesians 6. You may be able, it says you may be able to stand your ground. After you've done everything to stand, stand firm then. Don't you give the devil no ground. Don't you throw in that towel. Do not resign. You proclaim 1 John 4 and 4. It says, yes, you, dear friend, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. We've got to embrace that. The next way to lose at checkers was time out. As I began to think about this one, the other two made sense to me. Checkmate made sense to me. Resignation, it made sense to me. But timeout didn't make sense to me. And I began praying and saying, Lord, what, what, did you, what do you have? What is that? What does that mean to us? And honestly, I feel like he said James 4 and 14 is, you are a mist that appears for a little while, and then it vanishes. So little time to live in the fullness of God that we have here on this earth. But we as Christians, many times, we are wasting our time. We're wasting our lives that's been entrusted to us from the Almighty. Too many times we're towing the line of the calling of God has placed in our lives with our own desires. We could be advancing the kingdom of God in this world, but instead we're more absorbed with living like the world. Remember John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. The thief is strategizing on destroying us by lulling us to sleep. The enemy has a lullaby he's playing. You know, it's easier to go with what the world says than stand up for the word of God says. In our homes and in our families, at our jobs, in our private life. It's easier to just do what the world says instead of what God says. He's looking to destroy us. That's one thing the devil isn't doing, playing games. He's playing for keeps. And he's destroying us by silence. Silence is the destroyer of God's word in your life. Your silence is the destroyer of God's word in your life. What I mean by that, God has told you specific things to proclaim. He's told you scriptures to proclaim over your life. And because you're keeping your mouth shut, because you're hushed, because he, the devil has lulled you, and you don't understand his schemes, it's destroying the word of God that's in your life. He said, call those things that aren't as they were. There's scriptures, there's words that should be inside of you to speak out. When we get into worship, it should be crazy worship because you're worshiping the king of kings and you're reaching out with the words that are inside of you to fight against the schemes of the devil. But he wants to destroy you through, your, through silence. He wants to destroy you through offense. Offense is a, the destroyer of God's work in your life. Offense is the destroyer of God's work in your life. 
And what I mean by that, if you get offended, that very offense will dry up the joy that's in your bones. I speak from somebody in experience that had that happen to me, and it will dry you up. It will waste away your bones. It will waste away your spirit. If you get offended, why are we getting offended? If anybody should be offended, it should be Jesus and God. He should be offended right now at us. But he loves us. We act too much like the world as Christians. But it's the offense is the destroyer of God's work in your life. Don't let it happen. Because here's what I'll tell you. When offense sets in, from personal experience, when offense sets in, seclusion sets in. Depression sets in. Anxiety sets in. Crazy thoughts about everybody who looks at you. They're talking about you and they don't even know you. They were looking at the hair that was out of place. But everything, the speed limit changing is an offensive thing to me. Especially when you're driving a holiday. Anyway, so I'm just, it's 50 miles an hour. Everything becomes an offense to you. And it will destroy God's work in your life. The next thing is complacency. Is the destroyer of God's purpose in your life. Complacency is the destroyer of God's purpose in your life. If he can sing that lullaby and you won't move in the gifting that's inside of you, you will become complacent, and you will set, and you won't move. And you won't be the, you can't, God has called you to reach people other people can't reach. And when you set in complacency, guess what? They're not reached. The devil wants to destroy you by having complacency in your life. Because it will pull out God, the purpose of God in your life, it will squash it. We can't. Let the destroyer destroy us when we know his schemes. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, For the, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged and double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitude of the heart. It says it's, it judges the thoughts and attitude of the heart. Get that to you. It judges the thoughts and attitude of the heart. As I'm getting ready to close today, I want to leave you with a few more thoughts. The thief is trying to destroy all that Christ did on the cross. He's trying. Why should we let him? He's our winner. He's our victor. He should be the love of our lives. I read a story about, there's a story that I read, and it talks about uh, there was a a chess competition going on, and these people were taking a break, and they were walking through a museum. And in the group of the contestants, there was a grandmaster chess player who passed by a painting, and he became very fixed on the painting. And the painting was of the devil and a young man playing chess, sitting across from each other at a chessboard from one another. The picture painted showed the king of the young man completely surrounded, and the devil was grinning. He had a smirk on his face, and he was calling checkmate. As the grandmaster chess player studied the picture, for about 25 minutes, he, sta- he started screaming, 
He said, no, 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 this is all wrong. He said, that's not true. He said, the painter has made a mistake. It's all messed up. He said, look, the king still has one more move. I'm here to proclaim to you today in your life, the king still has one more move. Sometimes the enemy, he's loud and he's trying and he tries to convince you. He tries to get you and he tries to let you know. He says, checkmate on you. He's just to give up. He tells you, just give up, just quit, resign, throw in that towel. But you know what? And sometimes he'll, he'll say to you, time out. You've wasted so much time in your life. There's nothing else. But I'll tell you this much, God still has one more move in your life. Coming back to where we started out with Romans chapter 12, but I'm going to read it this time out of the Message Bible because it speaks to me this way. It says, so here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering, embracing what God does for you and the best thing you could do for him. Did you hear that? Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into, fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down, to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops a well-formed maturity in you. See, in checkers, when I was a kid, I don't know if you ever did this, but in the checkers, if I knew I was losing, I would take my little checker and I'd get right here. Because I could keep moving back and forth while they were trying to trap me. It would buy me some time. Maybe in your life, you've been moving back and forth in that space. Just back and forth. Back and forth. Trying to survive. Trying to make it. But oh, how it would change if you closed the checkerboard and said, God, I'm going to start playing chess with you. The king has the strategies and he has all the answers for your life and for my life. We just have to surrender and let him do all the rest. If you bow your head with me, maybe you could be honest today and say, hey, I've been playing chess, trying to do things on my own. I've been devouring whoever's in front of me. I've just been wasting away. I'm, but I'm done. I'm tired of playing that kind of game. I, I am finished. If that's you today, I want to pray for you. If you want to lift your hand and say, I'm tired of playing chess, I want to play checkers. Hands all over this building. Father, I pray for them right now. I pray right now a full surrender like never before, a full surrender to you. Lord, I pray as they, they change the way they're playing life, the way they're, the bo game board that they're on, they move to chess. You just take full control and you show them their specific call in their life and their destination and what you would have them to do. I proclaim that in that freedom in their life. No more bound, no more bonds, no more chains. Freedom and restoration. 
with every head bowed and every eye closed, I have one more question for you today. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you say, you know what, today I, would, I want to know him. Today, I don't know if I'd die today if I'd go to heaven. I think I, I don't know if I'm, I'm 100% honest that I would make it. I want to pray for you today. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just lift your hand. I see one, two, three. Come on, come on, give them a hand for their bravery. Four. Hallelujah. Everyone who raised their hand and all of us together, you know what? We all started somewhere. We all repented. So we as a family, because you're our family, we're going to say this prayer together. Just follow after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess I am a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I accept you today as my personal Lord and Savior. Come on, give Jesus a hand in this house. Amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.